Good morning. Uh, my name is Matt Johnson, and I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, uh, apologize for my hoarse voice. Uh, if I clear my throat a few times, I'm sorry about that too. I got sinuses and a cold going on. Uh, but happy New Year! Uh, what a year it's been, right? 2016, the Cubs won. That's pretty encouraging for some of you. Probably not for some of you. Uh, uh, the election happened. I'm not going to even talk about that. Uh, but some of us have been encouraged, some of us have been discouraged, right? Uh, we've had ups and downs. A lot of times when we have those downs, we, we kind of, we, we think, well, what could have been? What could this, what could have happened this year better? And we start looking to the future, like the new year's coming, what's going to happen this time? Uh, we're kind of discouraged going into that. And I pray this morning that you will be encouraged, uh, by the word, by, by Christ, uh, some of us are actually encouraged, we're ready to go into the new year, we think, man, we've done everything right, things are going great, it's perfect, but I'm going to encourage you in something else, and I hope you will see that as we work through this, that uh, we, can, we, can, we can grow and, and look in different ways to be encouraged and just thinking uh, on ourselves. What about Redeemer? What about our church? It's been a great year for our church, we've, we've become a local church we, are, we, have elder, we have a plurality of elders. We are self-sufficient. Uh, God is blessing our church, our community groups. They're multiplying. We have two group, new groups starting next week, so we'll be at 15 groups. Uh, possibly in another, or no, 14. Let me, I can't do math up here. Uh, 14, and then in a couple more weeks, hopefully another group, so we'll be 15 groups. Uh, God's just blessing us there. Uh, Many baptisms, many hearts changed by the gospel. We're serving our community. We had our first uh, care clinic back in the summer. We had over 200 people who came to that for services, over 90 volunteers. We are serving well. We are taking care of our body, right? We're taking care of each other. We're delivering meals to those who have new kids or those who are sick. Uh, We're we're serving our body well. We're serving our community well. But we're not there yet. We have to be careful to not let ourselves think, we're there, let's cruise, let's, let's just sit back and relax. Uh, in our text today, we're going to see that the Philippian church, they were being encouraged by Paul because their service to one another, their participation in the gospel, they were loving well. But Paul said, pretty much said, you're not there yet either. His encouragement to them was to look to Christ, to be unified and be servants because that would actually complete his joy. So, our text today is Philippians 2, 1 through 8. Uh, If you can turn to your Bibles there, I believe, I'm not sure what page, 980. Oh, that's the same one as my little little Bible here. Uh, And if you guys could stand while we uh, read God's Word. And also, if you don't don't have a Bible, we have some Bibles out here on our bookshelf uh, that we'd be happy for you to take so uh, that you can have the Word of God uh, at home with you. So, Philippians 2, 1 through 8. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others." Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, 
but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we just thank you uh, for today. We thank you for a new year. Uh, Lord, I pray this as we work through uh, uh, this text today, there is a lot of stuff here, uh, Lord, that we can be encouraged by, that we can be challenged by. And Lord, I just pray that you soften our hearts to hear what we need to hear this morning. Lord, be with me as I just uh, uh, take what words you gave me this week uh, and, and proclaim them and proclaim your truths, Lord, and who you are. Lord, we thank you for today. And uh, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys can have a seat. So verse one. So if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, what's he, what's he talking about? Well, we've got to look back and see what, what, what was happening in chapter 1. We need, we need to know a little history of what's, what's going on in the Philippian church. So this was Paul's first plant in, in Europe, uh, this Philippian church. And if you look back at Acts 16, we'll, you, you hear about Lydia, uh, a demon-possessed girl, and a, the Philippian jailer. And these are kind of the, some of the first members of this church in Philippi. Uh, so a diverse group of people. They probably had some different ideas about things, but they were unified under one thing, and that was the gospel. And as I say unified uh, today, I will be saying that hopefully a lot, uh, I want you to recognize that unified is different from uniformity. We're not all the same. These guys were not the same, but they were unified under the gospel, under one, uh, one thought, one thing, and we're going to look at what that is here soon. But, so there, were, there was comfort in love, right? He said, you know, there's joy because of the partnership in the gospel. The gospel's advancing because of what you're doing. Your church is growing. Also, he's encouraged them too because he's, he's in jail right now in Rome, and he's saying, hey, don't, don't worry about me being in jail. Things are okay. The gospel's moving here too. So he's encouraged them there. He says, you know, keep abounding in the love that you've been abounding in. Keep doing what you're able to do Keep doing what you're doing if I'm able to visit you when I get out of jail or if I'm not able to visit you. He's encouraged them to keep loving the way they're loving. But also, if we look at verse 29 in chapter 1, he says, For this has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. So he's having trouble sharing the gospel. He's getting put in jail because of it. And he's encouraging them, saying, hey, you're going to suffer, and it's, it's okay. You're going to suffer for this. You're going to suffer for Christ. But, he says, in that suffering, you're going to complete my joy by being of the same mind, the same love, and in full accord, or in this harmonious uh, mindset. They're in harmony together. They have a consistent mindset in the gospel. What is this gospel that he's talking about here? We need to jump down to verses 6 and 8. And look at the encouragement that we have in Christ. And there is a lot here, and I'm not going to go into really in a lot of details. Uh, I can encourage you to to work through this passage, uh, 6 through 8, on your own. Uh, We're going to look at this. So chapter, or verse 6. Who, though he was in the form of God. Jesus shares all the same characteristics of God and the same qualities. As Matt Fields shared earlier, like, 
He is an unchanging God. He has always been all-powerful. He's loving. He's, he provides mercy, justice, holiness, knowledge. He's always been there. All these qualities are always there. Jesus has these qualities. And we always talk about the Trinity here. One God, three persons. Jesus is the second person of the Trinity. God the Father sends the Son. The Son, Jesus, goes and carries out their plan. This isn't just God's separate plan. This is their plan together from before creation. This isn't a surprise to Jesus that he has to come and redeem his people. And the Father and the Son send the Spirit to convict, uh, to, to open hearts to the gospel. There's perfect unity here that we see in the, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And out of that overflow they had, they created mankind, but mankind fell. And we, we rebelled against God. But Jesus came, right? He came because he didn't count equality with God to something to be grasped. He said, this isn't something I'm going to keep, this divine glory. I'm going to lay it down, and I'm going to come to the earth. He emptied himself for us. He gave up those privileges to become a servant. <clears throat> It says, uh, as we continue on here, by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. We just celebrated this last week, right? With Christmas. This is the incarnation. He came as a man. From the form of God to human form. And as we work through this, think about uh, this. John Piper considers this the descent to humility. He's at the form of God. But he didn't count that a quality. He's just coming down. He's coming down to a servant, to the likeness of men. Uh, because as, as a man, he's able to be tempted like we're tempted. He's able to suffer like we suffer. He humbled himself to come to that point. To, to be tempted, but not to fall into sin, but to live a sinless life for us. And in that, he completed his obedience in death. It's not that he... His obedience was, happened when he died on the cross. That was the completion of his obedience. He lived an obedient life for us. If he wouldn't have lived an obedient life, his death would have meant nothing for us. His death completed his obedience. This is what we must be unified in, that Jesus came to live for us, to die for us, and to rise for us, to give us new life, to reconcile us back to God. So, if we're unified in that, what does it look like? In verse 2, or in verse 3, sorry, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. So, why does he say this right here? It's like, wait, he just was saying that in chapter 1, things were going well, they're growing, the church, the church is looking pretty good. There's something must be going on. Uh, we're not really sure what it is. If we look over at chapter 4, there's kind of a hint uh, in, in verse 2. I entreat Yodia and I entreat Sinchi to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. So Paul's saying, hey, there's, there's a couple ladies. They're not agreeing on something. So it's causing some disunity with, within the body. We're not sure what that is, but maybe it's something to do with this selfish ambition or conceit. So maybe they're doing something uh, to kind of get something for themselves. They're serving, but they're serving out of wanting something for them to build themselves up. 
uh, maybe out of pride or ego, they're serving to get people to look at them and say, oh, I'm going to raise them up instead of looking to raise Christ up. Uh, As we continue, verse 4, or not verse 4, verse 3 continues, count others more significant than yourselves. This word count here refers back down to where it says Jesus counted nothing, uh, counted did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. It's the same thing. Jesus did not count himself more worthy. Uh, So he he stepped down for us as we must step down for our brothers and sisters in the body. Look to others' interest first. Take care of yourself, but look, look to others' interest. Keep in mind of those that you're in community with together. You may know someone that's hurting, in the body, come alongside them and walk with them. Don't, don't think about yourself first when you wake up in, in the morning, possibly. If you've got a really close friend in the body, your mind should be thinking about them and praying for them and, to, and, and reflecting on what Christ has done for you and reflect on what you can be for that person. Serving to get something for yourself defeats unity. Our desire to build ourselves up What's that going to do? It's going to tear somebody down, right? We're going to tear somebody down. We're essentially counting ourselves more significant than our fellow believer. How do we do this? How how can we do this? Some examples. These are really simple, very practical. Take some time to just sit down with a sister or a brother who's in the hospital, who's bedridden at home, watching a movie with them. Come alongside them and just love them. This is going to be an inconvenience for you, for sure. Maybe there's something else you'd rather be doing. Maybe, maybe you have tickets to an IU game or a, tickets to the new Star Wars movie. And you're like, man, I just really wanted to go with that. But you've got a brother or a sister who is hurting horribly. Take that time, if, if, if you can, to go and sit down with them and love them. <clears throat> what about watching a kid's family? I know Kate and I... Uh, uh, my kid's family. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Watching a family's kids. <laughs> I know Kate and I have been blessed so much by many of you in here to watch our kids as we are able just to spend some time together. And I encourage you to keep doing that. Keep loving the families in this church well, the new families. Pull them aside saying, hey, you need a date night, we'll watch your kids. <clears throat> what about stepping in and helping at the gathering? Uh, you have you come in, you're like, I'm just going to ease in today. But there's something that needs to be done. Step in and help, even if you're not on a schedule. <clears throat> Serving your family. This kind of hit home with me yesterday because I woke up. I had this going on inside my face. I was tired. And I was like, oh, I got to deal with the kids. I got to help around the house a little bit. Were those my thoughts yeah, they were kind of, that, that's, the, that's the mood I was in. I was kind of thinking, oh, great. All I was thinking about was polishing the sermon up for today, which it's obviously not polished that well. <laughs> but that's okay. <clears throat> but I wanted time for me because I thought that this was more important than serving my family. So God's like, hey, you've been, you've been learning some stuff this week. Let me, let me put something right here for you. And I failed completely. But I know that I have a Savior that forgives me. It's not easy, is it? We get tired. 
we get frustrated. Some people get annoying, right? We're all, we all annoy each other. Thank God that Christ was not annoyed with us, that he came for us. <clears throat> Maybe you're living this out, and you're like, man, I got this, I got this going really good. I'm, 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 I'm loving people well, I'm doing this. But what's your focus? Is it, is it to look good for you or for others? If it is, your focus has been taken off of the gospel and what Christ has done for you, and you're going to burn out. That, that strength comes from him and what he's done for us. <clears throat> so, how can we be unified here at Redeemer? First, we must be unified in the whole gospel. That we are part of God's kingdom through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And that salvation is a free gift from God, something that none of us deserve. This is the first thing we must be unified in. How can we be unified in that? Community groups. We, talk, we talked about those in the announcements. Uh, the place to be in community together and proclaim who God is and what God has done. This is a place where we care for each other, we love each other in that unity that we talked about. Maybe there's some extra care that you or maybe your brothers or sisters need. We have a care team that's kind of led up by Jesse and Morgan. This is a place to step in and provide some extra care to walk along with you with struggles uh, that you may be having so that we can care well for our body. Lastly, another way we can do is find a Timothy and be discipled by them. Let's look at verses 19 through 22. Same chapter 2. I hope in the Lord to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you, for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served me in the gospel. Timothy is united with Paul in the gospel, and he's serving well. He's loving the people. He's putting others before him. This is the person we want to look for. And that I know personally there are plenty of people in this church that can fit this description. So I, I ask you to be discipled by them. Walk up to them and say, I want to be discipled by you. But don't be surprised when they fall because they're flesh. They're going to fall, but that's okay. We, we need to disciple each other in those moments. <clears throat> so if we're unified in the gospel, if we're loving each other well, we can actually serve well. So we have this encouragement to be servants. Our unity plays a significant role in our ability to serve. If we're unable to live this way with those in the church, with our family, how will we ever live gospel intentionality with those outside the church? We might be able to meet their physical needs, but never spiritual ones. How can we be servants here at at Redeemer? The Mercy Team. I think someone was even mentioned about the Mercy Team earlier. Uh, Chase and Bree uh, lead that up. We have this great opportunity coming up uh, this year to be partnering with the Children's Hunger Fund. This is an organization up in Chicago who provide uh, these food packs uh, that can be taken to families. They can provide about a week of food for a family in your community. And the hope with this is we take that food pack with the intention to share the gospel with this family. Now, it may take a couple weeks. We get to know them. We build a relationship with them. We see where they're at. Uh, We did a similar thing with our community groups over the Christmas season here. 
where we, uh, we partnered with the Salvation Army and we provided gifts to those families who missed the cutoff to, provi- to uh, receive gifts from the Salvation Army. Community groups bought gifts, took them out, and there's some stories of people who got to pray with families. We got to learn needs of families. And this could be an opportunity where we can love on them well because we're unified in the gospel and we want to bring that to them and share that good news with them. <clears throat> the care clinic. I mentioned that earlier. This year we planned three care clinics, one in the spring, in the summer, and in the winter. This is a place where you can serve, you can provide uh, items and resources for that. Uh, and it's just a place where we can really invite the community in, not to just take care of physical needs, but take care of spiritual needs and build relationships with them. <clears throat> Safe Families. This is an organization that I believe her name is Megan, who came and she shared a few weeks ago. Families that are hurting, they may need their kids kind of in a home that's safe for a while, while the, while the parents kind of deal with some issues. This is a place we can serve, and we can serve well, and we can love well. God said to take care of the orphans. These are orphans, temporary orphans, but they're still orphans, right? What about some stats with the foster system? Uh, there's a news article that just went out. There's between 22,000 and 23,000 kids that are in foster care right now. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional. I wasn't going to, but I'm going to. Obviously, this is near dear to my heart. Monroe County has seen over 300 more cases this year than three years ago. Sorry. My challenge and my encouragement to you, some of you can do this. It's not easy. It's hard. It's really hard work. Some of you can do it. You can step up and do it. But all of us can support it, right? We can pray for these kids. We can pray for these families, for these parents who are struggling with who knows what. But not only the kids and the parents, but the workers. These workers work harder jobs probably than all of us. They're in families' homes. They're removing kids. They need our love and support. We have social workers that work in our church. Being unified with them in the gospel and supporting them gives them encouragement to do their job well to the glory of God. Your neighbor. You can serve your neighbor well. Know what they need. Go over. Do they need to run to the grocery store maybe? Simple things that we can do to show Christ's love to our city, to our neighbors, to the world. So, as we begin this new year, to those who haven't placed your life in Jesus yet, you're in a safe place to journey with us. I'd encourage you to join a community group Serve on a team with utility, moving things around. Serve with the hospitality team, bringing coffee in, uh, greeting people at the door. I pray that you'll be able to see comfort that flows from love, participation in the Spirit, affection, and sympathy that is rooted in what Christ has done. For those of you that are in Christ, continue to be encouraged by his life, death, and resurrection for you. 
to be of one mind and unified under the gospel so that we may serve our community, our families, our body here with glimpses of what Christ gave up to lay down his life for an undeserving people. None of us can descend to humility as Christ did, but we all must become lowly people. Look over at Philippians 3.20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject, subject all things to himself. May 2017 be a year where the gospel gives you encouragement to take steps down in humility while looking up to the glory that awaits you. Let's celebrate this hope as we take the Lord's Supper remembering Jesus' body broken and his blood shed for you. This is a time where we come and we share in this supper uh, as believers. Uh, we offer both juice and wine to take us your conscience leads. Uh, the cups marked with wine have the wine. Uh, we take a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup. Uh, and this is a time uh, for believers. If, if you're not a believer, I pray that you take this time to look to Christ, to put your trust in him and what he has gone, the links he has gone for you. Uh, pastors and responders will be out here around the, the corner uh, in the gym area or the, uh, to pray with you. Uh, let's pray. Father, we, just, we thank you again for a new year. Lord, a year to be encouraged in what you have done for us. Lord, that you have come to redeem your people. Lord, that you gave up everything uh, to become a humble servant. A servant who would die and not die just a regular death, but Lord, the most shameful death for us. Lord, we praise you for that. Uh, Lord, as we enter this new year, let that be uh, on our minds and what we are encouraged with. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.